College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You work for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, Rich columnist Valdez. now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. El Conservador, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, New York City, at Rich Valdez on all the social media, even Truth Social. Make sure you check that out. Pub Chats, check that out. I'm on as many social media networks as I can be on because I want to get you this message and share my thoughts with you. And I feel like I haven't been with you in a really, really long time. So there's a bunch that I want to say. I have some rambling that I want to get to because I want to know, is Vladimir Putin a closet Klansman? They're saying that there are Nazis and they're alive and well and they're tricking you into this love affair with Vladimir Putin. And I'm going to get into that. I really want to dig into that because I see things completely differently than a lot of people. And I am not jumping on the I love Vladimir Putin bandwagon. I don't care who's telling you that, hey, listen, if the media is telling you Putin's a bad guy, well, that means he's really a good guy. No, that means Putin's always been a bad guy. And they've, for the most part, ignored him. And then when they want to villainize him, they do that. And they want to vilify him some more. And they do that. The media is going to pick and choose what they do. But one thing remains the same is that Putin is the bad guy in this story. He's not some sort of secret hero, this white knight defending Western civilization and Christianity, which is some of the crazy rhetoric. Take two. Some of the crazy rhetoric that's coming out of his propaganda machine. Now, I'm going to get into my thoughts on that in a moment, but I really want to just frame this because over the weekend, I saw so many things coming through my news feed about, I'm not sure Putin's the bad guy. I'm not sure if I'm sold on that idea. If the media is telling me Putin's the bad guy, then he's probably really the good guy. What else did I hear? Oh, I heard, oh, but you know, they're going after these strategic locations. These are bio labs that they're going after. And uh, is that right? So it takes a week to go after the bio labs. And what are they going to pick up and go home? No, I don't think so. And what about all the civilian casualties? And why is it that Ukrainians are fighting to the death and, and not abandoning ship and doing what they've got to do to protect their country? Are they doing it to protect the biolabs? All these civilians getting guns? I don't think so. You got Zelensky on the run, offered a ride out of the country, an airlift out of the country, and he said, no, I will go down with the ship. But somehow he's the bad guy. Oh, you know why? Oh, because Ukraine is where Hunter Biden was dealing with Burisma. And that's where they launder the money. Now, let me get this straight. So when you're stealing money from the United States government and you're saying, oh, I'm going to use USAID, right? This is a government agency, a government program. USAID, we're going to give money to Ukraine. That money needs to be laundered. I mean, some of the things that I'm hearing are incredibly stupid. They are just incredibly stupid. And I'm trying, let me, let me uh, say foolish because I'm not trying to criticize people, although people were criticizing me. I put out a series of anti-Putin tweets over the weekend, which in any other time in life would have been, you know, received. Yeah, yeah, sure. We don't like Putin. But this weekend, it was a test to see how many people amongst us, right? There's a few people on the left that listen to this program. But for the most part, people that love America listen to this program. People that believe in conservative values, that, that believe in liberty. And it's those same brethren amongst us 
fellow lovers of liberty that are saying that Vladimir Putin is the white knight. He is our shining Nazi in shining armor. Now you say, oh, Rich, come on. He might be a communist sympathizer, but he's not a Nazi. He's not a nationalist socialist. And I even had somebody who is a Nazi, uh, one of those avowed Nazi sympathizers, that said, look, uh, Putin's no Nazi. Like, don't, don't diss me by calling Putin a Nazi. You know, so this is where I think it gets very tricky. And my question to you, and get at me at Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all the social media, is Vladimir Putin a Klansman? Now, it's true that there's a Nazi movement that's alive and well, but I believe that they're tricking you or those amongst us into a love affair with Vladimir Putin. And they're using syllogisms and half-truths to get there. Painting Russia as an ally because Russia is a quote-unquote Christian nation. And it's not even necessarily accurate. It also is a distraction, but that's way beside the point. The focus for me is on religion because they're using religion as some sort of covert contrast against other faith traditions in that region, basically referring to Jews without vocalizing it or even Muslims. And of course, making statements like that is when people do that, when they say that, you know, this is a Christian nation, uh, they're making this point that there's something wrong with the other religions or less desirable. And again, this isn't about religion or who's better than what or whatever. I'm just making some points, my observations. It's got nothing to do with creating an alliance with Putin because of Christianity, but instead it's let's create an alliance because at least Russia's not full of Jews and Muslims. That's how a propaganda spins things and how they say them without saying them, in my humble opinion. And let me be very clear and say, I think a lot of this is Russian propaganda, that it's made its way to the most radical fringe elements here in the United States and other places online, and people are buying it. They love it. It's the same argument against the globalists, except they're just not talking about a difference of opinion about globalizing the economy or against the central bank system. Now it's focused on ethnicity and heritage, particularly the heritage of the bankers at these global banks and their bloodlines, quote unquote. This is straight out of Hitler's teaching. Take it right out of Mein Kampf. Of course, I'm parsing my words a bit here, but it's another syllogism to trick you because all roads seem to lead back to the Jews. For example, people say the Federal Reserve is bad. I believe that is bad. But then they follow it up with saying, but the global banking system is entirely run by Jewish bankers. Therefore, Jews are bad. The Federal Reserve is bad. The global central banking system is run by Jews. Therefore, Jews are bad. Right. That's a syllogism. That's an example of a syllogism. And they may try to clean it up a little bit and only say that it's only Jews and global banking that are bad. But you get my point. The point was not about the, the global uh, central bankers being bad guys. That's hidden behind the fact that they're only bad guys because they're Jews. And you have to be very careful and kind of peel back the onion a little bit to see exactly what people are trying to feed you. M my opinion here, using syllogisms to promote these types of logical fallacies, it's entirely perfunctory. They're doing it just because. Because you've already made up your mind. You're just trying to prove your point by using flawed logic. That's why they do it. Another tool that they use in this uh, quest to uh, legitimize illegitimate ideas, illegal immigration. Now, in, on its face, illegal immigration is bad. It's a national security problem. It's also a humanitarian problem, public health problem. And yes, we need to control our borders. All of that's true. But when the argument shifts to a hatred of the quote-unquote invader, not of the invasion, but the invader, bringing their diseases, rejecting assimilation, we have to be careful because then it becomes demagoguery. It's fear-mongering. 
and we're doing it in the name of the person that we're afraid of. I'm all for health screening at the border. I'm all for shutting down the border, but I'm anti-mandate myself. So I, I just, I don't think that we should have mandates. I don't think we should mandate them at the border or anywhere else. Now, I'm not going to say that people should be forced with inoculation at the border because then the rest of us might have to be forced with inoculation. And I don't think that's the right thing to do. It's much easier to say, look, sorry, you can't come in because the border's closed. That's my opinion. Now, I'm not going to presume that everybody that's coming into the country is COVID infected and that they're illiterate and that they're coming to America for free stuff and to vote for a Democrat dictator. While some of that may be true and a certain percentage of it may be true, it's not entirely true. So I'm not going to draw that and I'm not going to say it's even the majority because I happen to live in a part of the country where there are tons of illegal immigrants. And the majority of them I know aren't here to milk the system, at least not the system that many people think they are like welfare and whatnot. The majority of them are here to work six, seven days a week, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, make as much money as they can to build a life for themselves here or go back home. Again, I'm not defending that. I'm just saying that's their reality. These guys are not the people making up the welfare line. The people in the housing projects are the people making up the welfare line in large part. Doesn't mean that they're not, but you get my point. In fact, Trump's term as president proved that to be false. When you cut through all the fake news media, all the noise and the white supremacist propaganda that actually does exist, most blacks, Hispanics, Latinos, Muslims and Jews, they vote for people that support hard work, law and order faith and family. They're usually all relatively socially conservative because that's what they culturally embrace, most of these groups. Now, some of them have gone into new uncharted territory. You have some Jewish groups that have become more liberal. You have some Hispanic groups that have become way more liberal. You have uh, even some Muslims like Linda Sarsour and them that have become very liberal. But for the most part, most Jews, most Muslims that I know, most Hispanics, most African-Americans, these are church-going people, mosque-going people, synagogue-going people, that live a very conservative life. When you go to a Jewish neighborhood, that this is what you see. You just have to visit the neighborhood to see it. And again, you may disagree. I'm just giving you my truth from what I see where I am. And I think assimilation is great, period. No argument. My father, Juan Jose Valdez, he named me Richard and not Ricardo because his name was Juan and lots of people had difficulty saying his name back in the 1950s. So they ended up calling him John and he was cool with it. So when in Rome, do as the Romans do. But when the discussion on illegal immigration shifts towards preserving heritage, like certain flyers that I've seen from the North Bergen European Heritage Society, sounds innocuous enough. Or they're, they're, I believe, a subsidiary or doing business as the Hudson County European Heritage Association. When I see their flyers and you hear the stuff that they post on their Facebook in northern New Jersey, well, now you'll see that this has nothing to do with, you know, wearing a kilt on St. Paddy's Day or anything like that. This has everything to do with a new version and a new brand of the KKK, just minus the burning cross, right? Because that stuff is not as acceptable as it once was. Even the burning of the cross, they would say, we're not burning crosses. We are lighting the cross, illuminating the way. Their issue would be non-existent with immigration. Non-existent. If it were French Canadians from Quebec coming across the northern border, coming through Detroit, or other Europeans coming through the northern border, or even Europeans coming through the southern border, because their heritage wouldn't be threatened. So the problem isn't immigration or illegal immigration or assimilation, or even that it's an influx of new people and disease, but in particular where they're coming from and who they are. And that, my friends... This uh, aversion to a specific type of people is the very definition of bigotry. Now, I'm going to get to other things. I want to talk about what's happening in the rest of the country. This uh, story that came out of Florida, this Republican candidate for 
the United States House of Representatives. What a clown, this guy. So for people who think I don't make fun of Republicans, oh, yeah, I do. And, and they get at me, too. You can just check out my social media over the weekend. You'll see how, how the pro-Putin Republicans, they were absolutely hating on me. So we're going to get to that. I'm going to read a couple of articles, a few things I want to share with you. More to come straight ahead. Don't move a muscle. Rich Valdez, This is America. This is America. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y esto es America. Ahora. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S. And I'm sharing some unpopular positions, unpopular, I guess, uh, opinions that I have. And too bad. Uh, I think most of you that are listening agree, and I think my positions are logical, and I do think that I'm right, but I'm willing to be wrong if that's the case. But moreover, I think these are just things we need to be aware of because a lot of people are putting things out there saying, we're doing this in the name of critical thinking. I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I'm wrong, but I just want to put this out there. And I guess that's fair. It's fair to enter that into the um, national discourse. Okay, no problem. But we do have to be cautious in putting those things out there because to say that because George Soros says that he's supporting Ukraine. Well, listen, a lot of people are supporting Ukraine. You know, Vladimir Klitschko, Vitaly Klitschko happens to be the mayor of Ukraine. These guys are two of my favorite boxers. These guys were kicking butt. Six foot everything, you know, like seven foot. <laughs> Big, crazy, huge dudes. And I think it's admirable what they're doing. I don't think that these guys are money laundering, bioweapons labs, blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. Putin's not fighting some secret war against the deep state or saving democracy. Putin's doing what Putin does, and he's doing it because Biden is compromised. He's weak. And yeah, they probably do have some dirt on him. But how bad could the dirt be? The videos of his son having sex on tape while getting high on crack are all over the place. The point was to suppress that until after the election and then afterwards say, oh, he has a drug problem. Who in this country doesn't have a drug problem? Why? Because the cartels are bringing in fentanyl and heroin and you name it, hand over fist. And with the other hand, they're like, oh, how much money do you need? I'll help you fund your drug program because that's how everybody works. The tobacco companies killed people with cancer. Then they said, all right, we're, we're going to fund those truth campaigns. It's all part of the same monstrous system. And it 
requires some literacy to obviously navigate through. And I know you have that because you guys are very smart people. Otherwise, you wouldn't listen to me. And I'm not saying you're smart because you listen to me. But I talk about things that are not necessarily funny all the time. And I think smart people like to hear difference, uh, differences of opinion and different types of analysis on the issues of the day and larger societal contemporary issues. And I think that makes you a smarter person if you do that. And I know most of the people who listen to me listen to lots of other people. So you're getting lots of information. Good for you. And that's why I'm doubling down on this. And I'm really urging you to consider the fact that Putin's a bad guy. He's always been a bad guy. He's not the good guy this time. And he's probably never going to be the good guy unless you are a pro-Russian person. If you want to see Russia become the Russia that it was in the Russian empire, if you want to see Russia, you want to make Russia great again, then, then Putin's your guy because he's all about Russia. He wants to be competitive with China and the United States and be number one globally. This is what the Russians are all about. They're very proud people. Good for them. I'm glad that they have uh, the support of the Eastern Orthodox Church. I'm glad that there are people that want to pray to the same God as me. I'm not glad that they don't have the most uh, secure elections. I'm not glad that they keep electing the same guy to prime minister and president, the same KGB operative. Imagine if James Clapper were to become president of the United States. General James Clapper, the former head of the the DNI, Director of National Intelligence, right, or CIA guy, um, Clapper. Just imagine that. Just imagine Clapper becoming our president. I mean, that's what I see when I see Putin becoming president of Russia. Or the other guy, CIA director, I'm forgetting his name. Kind of looks like a, like from the Munsters. Anyway, he's born in North Bergen, New Jersey. That's all I'm remembering right now. But that guy, John Brennan, right, that's who I'm talking about. John Brennan. Just imagine him being president of the United States. I mean, you think Biden was bad. This guy would be horrible. But anyway, that's the point that I wanted to make on that stuff, because there can be more than one good guy. There can be uh, more than one bad guy. So don't get all caught up in the hype that the fake news media is now saying Putin is the bad guy. Putin is the bad guy. They pretended he wasn't so much of a bad guy during Trump because they wanted Trump to be the bad guy, saying that he's Putin's puppet. But ultimately, he is the bad guy here. You don't just go into Ukraine because you feel like it. Now, the other part is, oh, oh, but it's the Nazis and he's fighting the Nazis. Oh, come on. You've got to be kidding me. Putin and his allies are funding these separatists, whether they're neo-Nazis or anybody else, Chechen rebels, whomever, whatever gang that he can hire to cause trouble in these areas, he's hiring and making a deal with to start some strife in the Ukraine so that he could come in and look like the shining white knight on his horse without a shirt and and ride in and save the day and do it in the name of Jesus because he's Vladimir Putin and they're Christians and we have more in common with them than we think. I wouldn't write them off. I don't think they're the bad guy here. Yes, they're the bad guy. Stop considering Russia to be our friend. That doesn't mean they won't ever be our friend. Maybe. You need somebody a little more sympathetic, not a, a John Brennan or a James Clapper type of guy, a KGB spy like Vladimir Putin. You'd need somebody that's a lot uh, more in line with what we're trying to achieve. And they say, but Rich, that's your mistake. He is. He's anti-gay. He doesn't want the transsexual movement. He's not all about the Green Deal. He, he rejects all of that. He's rejecting the NWO, the New World Order. He's rejecting all of that stuff. So he really is our ally. He's a nationalist and he's fighting the globalists. Even if half of that were true, because some of it is. 
it still doesn't make him our ally because he is against us. Now, if you want to give me a, a lesson on being Machiavellian and say, well, you know, right now it's the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So we have to work with him on this. Who says we're working with him? And if we are, we means Biden. Biden working with Putin. And I think he is. I think Biden is extremely slow to take action, A, because he's compromised, or B, because he's looking his boy Vladdy out. And he's like, look, I'm going to give you five, six, seven days to invade Ukraine, take over, grab Kiev, or Kiev, as it's um, apparently um, known in, in Ukrainian as Kiev and as Kiev in Russian. So depending on which team you're playing for, you got to say, hmm, and ha. Huh. So Kiev. So he gives him this incredible lead time to go and effectively take over this country. To then say, all right, I'm going to start putting some soft sanctions on you. You know, we're going to start doing that. And he's like, oh, don't worry, Joe. Joe, don't worry because I've got my deal made with uh, Xi Jinping. We're very good. Vladi out. Oh, great, great, Vlad. I got hairy legs. Good. I'm glad it worked out for you. This way I can start with my sanctions maybe in a week or two. Give you a little bit of time. Right? This is what they're doing. Now. You can disagree with me all you want. And Joe Biden has power. So he's doing whatever he feels like doing. And whether he's being forced to do it or whether he wants to do it, whether it's political pressure from his party, political pressure from his enemies, from the people that he was laundering money, right? There's everybody wants to talk about laundering money. Again, I never met politicians that needed to launder money. They're usually laundering money for cartel people, not necessarily laundering government money. They steal money legally. Who else gets to steal money legally but for the politician? Anyway. Speaking of stealing and, and laundering and all of this stuff, I want to get into this story, which is about this politician in Florida. Now, this guy, Republican candidate, what an embarrassment to, to the GOP. I, I mean, the guy, he's got this heavy British accent, you know, so uh, it'd be funny. America first, mate. America first. I don't, I don't know if he's, uh, maybe that's more Australian than anything. But uh, this guy, I'm sure people liked him because he's a real prick. But being a jerk can only help if you're like doing it to Biden and you're doing it to this one. But it, it, it's not always the case. And look, I get criticized for being a jerk a lot. And I know half the time I say that people go, really, you, you're such a nice guy. But there's a lot of people that just don't like my uh, differences of opinion. They don't like my uh, sharp analysis sometimes on things. They think, you know, I've got my head up my rear end. I'm so smart. I'm stupid is what I'm told. Anyway, I don't care. I'm not going to change my opinion because they don't agree with me. But this guy, his name, Martin Hyde, House GOP candidate in Florida, District 16, gets stopped by the police. My goodness. I mean, this is like this type of stuff you only see in movies. I got some audio. I'll talk you through it. Hey, how you doing? How you doing, sir? I'm Sebastian Sarasota Police Department. You're on audio and video recording. The reason for the stop, you were observed going 57 and a 40, and you were on your phone texting while you were doing that. That was at Euclid and Fruitville. You don't need to point at me, officer. I'm not she points to where... Euclid and whatever, and he says, you don't need to point at me, officer. I'm pointing at you. I'm pointing in the direction where it was. I'll just call the chief, officer. I'll just call the chief. How's that? That's what he said to her. He literally looks at her in the face and says, I'll just call the chief. How's that? The reason for the stop, you were observed going 57 and a 40, and you were on your phone texting while you were doing that. That was at Euclid and Fruitville. You don't need to point at me, officer. I'm not pointing at you. I'm pointing in the direction where it was. I'll just call the chief, officer. Go right ahead, sir. You know who I am, right? If you've said this, shame on you. I could not imagine going, you know who I am, right? <laughs> who cares who you are? Who? Hey, I talk on the radio, or I produce a show for this, or I do that, or I work for so-and-so. Listen, if you're trying to pull some clout, the last thing you want to do is be like, you know who I am, right? You know, 
Hey, you know who I am? He sounds like a gangster in a British accent. This guy is such a clown. Sir, I do. Can I see your license registration insurance? <laughs> and good for her. She says, yes, sir, I do. <laughs> she should have added, and it doesn't matter. Please. Can you do this? Yes, sir. She says, driver's license and registration. And he lifts up his finger. Again, you can't see the video, so I'm talking you through it, giving you the color commentary here. He lifts up his finger, and you know, his index finger, and he says, you're going to do this? And she just keeps going. He shakes his head, and he says, this is a mistake. What's your name? Officer Baskin, it's going to be on the citation. Can I see your insurance registration and your license, please? Okay, so now he says, um, whatever, and she's like, look, I got a job to do. He goes, not for long. <laughs> then he's, um, how long have you been on the job? And she's like, I need your registration. And he's like refusing to give her the registration unless she answers his question of how long she's been on the job. Sir, can I have how you before? Seven years, sir. Before he hands it to her, he licks his lip, winks his eye, and says, let's see if you mic eyed. <laughs> if I were a cop, I'd either get in a lot of trouble this day, because I'd probably rough him up a little bit, quite frankly. Good thing I didn't become a cop. Or I would really just laugh in his face. But either way, it's unprofessional. Can I see your registration, please? You're not going to give me your registration, sir. You're going to arrest me? <laughs> I'm asking you if you're going to produce me with your registration. You want to have it on you? Go call Tell him how rude you've just been to me. Blame this video. He says, go call the chief. Tell him how rude you've been to me and play him this video. Blame this video. Okay. You call Marlon Brown. Then you call the mayor. Okay. okay, <laughs> then you call the mayor. She says, okay. He says, no, it's not okay, love. <laughs> Tell me what to do. Okay, sir, are you refusing to produce your registration? Okay. I'm asking you if you have your registration. You're making career decisions. Okay, sir. You were observed. Now he takes off his seatbelt and he tells her that she's making career decisions. He gets very angry and he holds up his cell phone, which has a case, a cell phone case that says Hyde 2022. Tell me what to do. Okay, sir, are you refusing to produce your registration? I'm asking you if you have your registration. You're making career decisions. Okay, Why are sir? you doing this? Sir, because you were speeding and you were texting. Where's your video? All right. Call the supervisor. I just spoke to you. Okay. You want your paperwork? Is it your Russian immigrant status that makes you talk to people like this? Did you hear that? Is it your Russian immigrant status that makes you talk to people like this? He literally just asked her if it was her Russian immigrant status that uh, allowed her, made her treat people the way, you know, enforcing the law. <laughs> I mean, this is to me out of control. Listen, if you're a jerk, I'll be a jerk. I don't care where we are. Drive through traffic stop, whatever. And I'm generally very nice to cops. Two of my brothers were cops. I even went to the police academy for three months and was a volunteer cop in Jersey. I have a lot of respect for law enforcement. I'm back the blue. You have to, uh, at some point, let the bully know that they can't bully you anymore. So now they're calling in for the supervisor. Now it only gets better from here. You don't want your paperwork? He's refusing to take the paper. She puts it on his dashboard. He says, 
<laughs> he says, you don't have a warrant. You can't put it on my dashboard. I mean, because he's refusing to take it. Then he lifts up his hand. Talk to the hand because the face ain't listening. I'll wait for the supervisor. You can wait for the supervisor, but I'm going to go through what I need to go through. No, I have no registration. Are you going to be issued a registration? Well, you've been already issued a citation for that. For what? For failing to produce your registration. This is, this is right. All right. You sir, are you going to... I'm a law-abiding citizen. You're being bloody okay. rude to me. If you decide to go ahead and do the court, just make sure you do a prior submission of payment as they do require a certificate do of completion. You? If you sign up for it, you must complete it. Otherwise, they will go ahead and suspend your license. You are going to be issued a citation for texting and driving. Now he starts recording You're going to be issued a citation for, for texting. You're talking to a congressional candidate. Now, I got to say something. If you're a congressional candidate, why on earth would you say you're talking to a congressional candidate? I mean, if you were president of the United States, just imagine Trump getting pulled over and then saying, sir, you're driving. And again, he wouldn't be driving because he's president, but just presuming in his civilian car, whatever it was, even if he did drive and he's driving and he's texting. What do you think Trump's going to say? I'm really sorry. I was I had to send out a mean tweet. Right. (laughs) I don't think he would treat the cop like trash and say, is it because of your immigrant status? This guy is a class A D bag. And driving. Well, this one is the expired one, but it doesn't make it. It takes two seconds. Now, the supervisor is on deck and the guy's out of his car, walking around, flailing his arms around, which, you know, most police procedure says stay in the car. But this supervisor allowed him to get out. We're going to make sure that she pays the price for being disrespectful. He points at the cop, and you heard it. We're going to make sure that she pays the price for being disrespectful. I just wanted you to witness it and know that the registration was right there, and she deliberately chose to write the ticket. She came up, she said... Now he's lying, because she had already given him the ticket by the time he found the registration. The first... Look, there's a video of it, so be quiet. There's a video. There's a video. Be quiet. I just, I mean, I know you heard it. I'm just repeating it because it, I just, I can't, I can't deal with this guy. Of what you said. There is. And I've got a video of what you said. Right? Yeah. What she said was, I, I, said, I, I don't have it. She immediately said, I write your citation. She went right back. She never said anything. She went straight back. She, I denied the citation. She straight back and wrote the citation. I've lived here for 25 years. I've so represented you. You live in South Florida for 25 years and you still sound like you live in England. I've got no interest in listening to you, young lady. Yeah, just a second, officer. I, I understand what you're saying and you producing it, she probably should have taken that ticket away, but I'm going to find out what exactly occurred. Because and that's she had a beer in a bonnet because she thought she was on a big power trip. Guess what? She's been there seven years. She ain't going to make eight. She ain't going to make eight. There's something wrong with this guy. I'll make sure. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll get going she on. She ain't. She ain't. She ain't. And she ain't. So now that was the police officer, Julie Beskin, that was in this, um, you know, silly confrontation with this guy. Now, there's an article in Newsweek. I'm going to give you a couple of lines from it because I think, you know, this to me is the problem that we're facing in society. No, British guys with traffic stops that are running as a Republican. No, that's not the problem. The, the problem is a political class of people that thinks they can do whatever they want up to and including taking other people's land and starting wars. That's the problem. Thankfully, this guy has changed his tune. It's actually a pretty good article. And I think, you know what, I respect what he had to say in the end. Martin Hyde, a candidate for the Republican um, nomination in Florida's 16th congressional district, got pulled over on Valentine's Day so just a few days ago. And this was uh, 
uh, reported on the 25th of February in Newsweek by Adam Staten, who is no friend to Republicans. But this article, I think, had to be shared because you heard it. Now, apparently he wrote a letter to the Herald Tribune. I'm not going to read the whole letter, but he did take responsibility for his behavior. He added in this letter saying that it was not an isolated incident. I think that was big of him saying, quote, people tend to equivocate and talk about extenuating factors or claim that it's not indicative of who I am. But sadly, under some circumstances, it is who I am, Hyde wrote. He went on to say he's aware that he's known to be verbally aggressive and that at times this kind of behavior has won him applause. However, Hyde said this time that the person with whom he was being aggressive was a Sarasota police officer who was doing nothing more than her job. Hyde in his letter also referenced his silly statement where he asked the officer if she understands who he is and saying that he probably should have shut up and let it go. He also made mention of the number of people who he who've reached out to him, harshly criticizing his behavior and how he hopes to use their condemnation as motivation to change. Now, he, obviously, he's dropped his bid for Congress uh, because that wasn't going to work. <laughs> And he also said, I hope that the hundreds of calls that I got on my cell phone from all over the United States telling me what a fat, entitled person I am will not only get me back to eating properly, but also to be mindful that it's how we are at our worst that defines our progress as adults. You know what? I got respect for that statement. He said that the Valentine's Day incident captured on video showed him at my rather pathetic worst, end quote, and how no amount of apologies will be accepted or explain his behavior. However, he then went on to publicly address Officer Beskin, saying, however, I will say this one more time for posterity. I am sorry, Officer Julia Beskin. Look at that. Good for him. And then he said he was disappointed in his own behavior saying, quote, I am sorry, because in a democracy without congressional term limits, I have taken away the opportunity for the people in my district to make changes in a stagnant system that rewards incumbency over innovation and true local representation. Finally, he ended his note of contrition by slamming the Republican Party in Sarasota, Florida. The Sarasota County Republican Party is controlled by a small group of self-appointed elites and special interests that I have never liked. And now I can say that, Hyde wrote. Well, thank you, Mr. Hyde, uh, for a giving us some entertaining, uh, <laughs> entertaining footage from your traffic stop. But really for that point of self-reflection, because you know what? I also have patience that wears very, very thin. And uh, I, I do feel um, remorseful about it when, um, you know, for example, in, when I'm doing my job and it's very hectic and very stressful and you're counting seconds in a commercial break or you're about to, you're seconds away from a, a, a station break or something like that, and people call and they want to ask you the, the longest of questions, you know, or let me read you a quote, or I don't want to get on the radio, I just want to talk to you offline, or I want to talk to so-and-so, or, you know, or, you know me, <laughs> you know, stuff like what that guy pulled. I mean, you get all sorts of characters. And... There's not time for that. So it's like, hey, thanks. Got to go. Take care. And then they call you back and they call you back and they call you back. And at some point you're like, hey, look, I already talked to you 14 times. I can't do it anymore. And you lose it. And and it puts you into a mood. So I, I listen, I get it. I know what it's like to be frustrated. I raised two kids. One is 20. The other one's 16. So I'm still in the thick of it. But I get it. I know what it's like to be frustrated. And I think to myself every day, I need to be a better person. So I'm glad that this guy... Um, 
reach that same conclusion because we all have to be better people. And kudos to this officer for doing a great job. All right, that was my feel-good story. Now we're going to keep it moving. i got some other really deep stuff, uh, how child rapists go to jail, and when they come out of jail, they change their names and their genders so that they can sort of avoid detection on the sex offender registry. You don't want to miss this. Straight ahead, Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. The 45th president, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Call Screener. Yeah. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And if you're still with me and I didn't bore you to tears with my anti-Putin uh, tirade in the beginning of the show, then uh, stick with me because we're going to get into this crazy stuff. There's a feminist author that I typically may not have a lot in common with, but it seems that there's a rift in the feminist movement right now where they're saying, you know what? Feminism is about women and trans women are not real women. I think that's what they're saying, but I'm not sure. So we're going to dig into this so that we can get to the crux of the matter. Now, this is in a uh, publication by Genevieve... Let's see, Genevieve Gluck, and Genevieve Gluck is, in fact, a feminist. Now, Miss Gluck is writing on her website, feministcurrent.com. Headline, this is from February 24th, she says, What's current? Activists call for inquiry into trans-identified male appointed as head of Rape and Crisis Center. This is reported in the Times of Scotland. The head of Edinburgh Rape Crisis has claimed that bigoted people seeking help from her organization could be, quote unquote, challenged on their prejudices in an apparent comment on trans rights and women's only spaces. Feminist campaigners are asking the Equality and Human Rights Commission to examine the appointment of Mridul Wadhawa, a trans identified male as CEO of Edinburgh Rape Crisis Center, a position that was advertised as open to women only. Wadhwa called rape survivors who objected to his appointment bigots who ought to reframe their trauma. Hmm. A viral TikTok video of a woman in China chained by her neck was the victim of human trafficking. Authorities have confirmed that Xiao Humei, who was sold at least three times since she was 20 years old, a Mexican... Uh, Official, blah, 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 blah. It gets into all these other stories. Uh, but this opened the door to another story that I wanted to talk about. And that main story by the same author, Genevieve Gluck, uh, a different publication, Redux.org, Feminist News and Opinion. Headline. Now, this is very salacious stuff, but you got to read between the lines here. Toddler rapist, now award-winning trans rights activist. Man, that was heavy. I'm not, I don't disagree with it. I'm just 
it was a very heavy headline. <laughs> a convicted child sex offender is performing community outreach for an organization that advises incarcerated men on how to declare a transgender status and legally change their identification. So they're hiding who they really are by pretending to be a man or a man pretending to be a woman. Mm-hmm. Now, they're talking about Jeffrey Wilsey, a.k.a. Zen Grandicelli is his new name as a woman, trans woman. And he's a biological man, a convicted child sex offender who now works for a group that teaches men in jail how to change their identities upon release by claiming that they are now transgender in status. Crazy. It goes on. Zena Grandicelli was born Jeffrey Wilsey, and in 1994, Grandicelli pled guilty, or pleaded guilty, excuse me, to 11 counts of sexual abuse, oh my gosh, a sexual abuse involving a three-year-old girl and was designated a sexually violent offender. His sex offender registration categorizes him as a risk level three, which denotes the highest recidivist risk and a threat to public safety. New York state law restricts level three sex offenders from being within a thousand feet of a school. Yet since his release from prison, Grandicelli has become a highly regarded trans activist and has spoken at top tier universities. In 2017, he was a panelist representing women's experiences of incarceration at Columbia University. In 2016, Grandicelli spoke at NYU on the topic of incarceration and trauma. That same year, he led a workshop on trans issues for the National Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, People of Color Health Conference. Wow, I can't believe I didn't mess that up. Notably, he was also partnered with the Sylvia Law Rivera Project and was designated as a movement-building team member. In a letter posted to the SLRP website, Grandicelli described how team members from the organization actively worked to recruit him while he was still incarcerated for sexually abusing a child. The SLRP has a pattern of overlooking crimes of violent men who claim uh, to be transgender by changing their status. For instance, in 2014, the SLRP launched a petition to pressure New York's Department of Corrections to remove a child rapist and killer, Cynthia China Blast, from isolated confinement. Ms. Blast, whose birth name is Mr. Luis Morales, repeatedly raped and brutally tortured Ebony Nicole Williams, a 13-year-old girl from Harlem. According to researcher Diana Shaw, while he was dressed in a skirt, 22-year-old Mr. Blast, a.k.a. Luis Morales, carried and disposed of the young girl's mutilated body in a Bronx underpass and set fire to her body, then proceeded to brag about the killing to his friends. When advocating on behalf of Mr. Blast, SLRP stated he wants to prepare for his parole hearing by obtaining a GED and completing other programs that will help him to heal from the trauma of his childhood and his time in prison. Trans-identified actor Laverne Cox said that speaking as a representative for SLRP in a video that they released, trying to uh, cast Mr. Blast, Ms. Blast, portraying him in a sympathetic light. Upon learning of the brutal nature of Blast's crimes, Cox responded, I was not aware of the charges for which he was convicted. Oh, so Laverne Cox gets tricked. Now, this is the chick from, uh, or the dude, or the transgender actor, actress from Orange is the New Black and was in that... Um, Inventing Anna series on Netflix. I, I canceled my Netflix when they did that cutie special a few years ago. But somebody logged into my smart TV and left their Netflix uh, open, one of my daughters. So I, I've been watching some Netflix lately, guilty as charged. I won't pay them, but I will watch it. And uh, Laverne Cox is in that new movie, and uh, she, she is a very tall individual. Uh, the scenes are just like, oh, wow, you got to look way up. Now, so Cox defended this person and then said, oh, but they didn't know. Now, yet information uh, pertaining to Blast's crimes would not have been readily available owing to his name change. 
as media reports and court documents from the time period only referred to him as Luis Morales. So now that he is now known as Blast, there's no history of your sex offender status. Fascinating stuff, huh? Despite the resources, changing one's legal name and identification for the grounds of uh, their application say that wherever you want the judge to know, you have to put a name change. But you don't have to share everything. Under the law, trans people are not required to show medical evidence of their transition or that they've changed their name. Most of the time, judges correctly follow the law. As with Cynthia Blast, Grandicelli's crime has been obscured from her self-declared transgender status by claiming a female identity. Grandicelli has been afforded a platform by two of the most prestigious universities in the nation. In 2017, he was presented with a Community Hero Award by the Anti-Violence Project. This is a person that raped a child and went to jail for it. In 2021, The Women and Justice Project, an organization that lobbies for the rights of incarcerated women, featured a quote from Grandicelli on their website saying, quote, I break down crying when trying to explain to somebody what it's like to be in state prison or Rikers Island and to be physically beaten half to death and raped and misgendered and abused so much that you're ready to take your own life. I think that's the guilt of raping a child, a toddler that makes you want to take your own life. But hey, who am I? That's just my opinion. The Women and Justice Project presents this shocking uh, statistic, along with Grandicelli's own words, asserting that trans people in prison are sexually assaulted at a rate 10 times higher than the general population. I guess that's arguable. The figure for sexual assault among the general prison population presented for comparison comes from one of the lowest estimates available and does not fully account for the sexual abuse reported by female prison inmates. Oh, well, there you go. That makes a lot more sense. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, exact figures are rarely established, and women who are raped or abused by male prison officials oftentimes don't report the uh, assault as part of their, you know, fear of retribution and whatnot. Sometimes these estimates suggest as many as one in four U.S. women experience sexual violence. All right, so it goes on to these statistics, which are very important, uh, but kind of derail what we're talking about here, because the, the, the gist of this article is how men are leaving prison for crimes, whether they're raping little girls or little boys, whatever it is. These are child rapists leaving prison after doing their time, but changing their identity so that they can have a regular life and or at least a uh, a somewhat regular life or a life where they don't have to continue to own what they did. Now, I get it because there's children involved that we are sensitive to that, especially as parents. I know I'm a parent. I think it is and it turns my stomach. But I, I wonder, is this bad or is it good or how do you feel about it let me know at rich valdez with an s at rich valdez on all the social media if you're on truth social parlor getter uh instagram i'm always trying to build on instagram i'm just so bad at posting content daily by the way i hate content i I prefer to say stuff photos images content is just so uh obscure anyway point is is this a bad thing now if i went to jail i would hope i don't go to jail but if i did go to jail would i want to come out and become you know somebody else michelle something or other Right. Do I change my sex and my identity so that I can live a new different life in this new identity? Or do I say, hey, look, you know what? I paid my debt to society and I move on. I don't know. I know some people that have gone to jail and it is difficult for them to live afterwards because, you know, they're like, oh, you were convicted of a crime. What did you go to jail for? You you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, it becomes a thing and it haunts you forever as opposed to just haunting you for the time that you were in jail for whatever crime you committed. Now, again, I'm not saying I'm sympathetic to this. I'm just saying I understand it. And um, I don't know that I'm I'm for this. I think I think I'm against it. It sounds like a really bad idea to allow a child rapist to change their identity and their name so that they can now have access to universities and more young people and these big platforms and Ivy League universities and whatever and whatnot. Am I overthinking it? I don't know. I want your opinion. Please weigh in on this at Rich Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez.
Why are we here in this place? This wasn't always the case. There was always transvestites and cross-dressers and people that had sex changes, but it wasn't as prevalent and as prominent as it is today. Why are we here? And it's because, in my opinion, it was put on steroids during the Obama administration. Barack Obama used the United States Army and, and it became the de facto clinic to join to get a free gender reassignment surgery. And we saw all sorts of people doing it. You know, one time I was following a thread on Facebook between a friend of mine who's a retired sergeant in the Army and a friend of hers who's an active duty lieutenant. And they were going back and forth. And ultimately, in my opinion, he won the argument when he said that he was a black gay man in the United States military, uh, an officer, a lieutenant, and saying that the military suffers when soldiers are out for 18 months or a year on medical recovery leave and they only join the army to get the surgery for free. And he was saying that endangers our national security and endangers the soldiers that he was training, the soldiers in his group. Now, this was happening en masse, but Trump stopped it. And they said he was a bigot and a homophobe and all these things, but a good part of the, the damage was done. We saw Chelsea Manning and so many others. We have grossly normalized the practice of being transsexual, and we've mainstreamed it to the point of transgender story time at local libraries, school trips to transgender bars like they were doing in Florida, and all other sorts of force-fed indoctrination have become normalized in today's society. That desensitizes children. Now, this argument goes well beyond simply saying if you don't like this or you don't like that, you're a bigot. This is the acceptance of child sexual assault and the cover-up of one's past criminal history. So I say, don't believe the hype. Anyway, straight ahead, more to come. Rich Valdez, this is America. This is America. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S. And please make sure you go visit our sponsor, JustFacts.com, JustFacts.com. You can go to JustFacts.com forward slash rich and you can get the newsletter for free. They have lots of information, stuff that you want to pay attention to, stuff that you want to know, stuff that you want to stay informed of. And I encourage you to go to JustFacts.com slash rich to get that information. Now, I wanted to put a nail in our conversation today by just reflecting on Joe Biden a little bit, because obviously he's been weak on Ukraine and he's been weak on so many things. And ultimately, it's all of us that pay the price for this, right? Uh, our children, um, our sons, our daughters. Speaking of our children, I um, brought my daughter to the train station to take an Amtrak back to college. She went to college um, in early January and then she took a, a week to come visit home for President's Week. And it was great to see her. I drove her to Newark Penn Station, the Penn Station that's on the Jersey side in Newark, New Jersey. And that place is a zoo at times. But the funniest thing happened while I you know, pulled up to like the, the drop-off area. I helped her with her bag inside the terminal. Got back in my car, and I was getting back in my car, and a woman approaches me, and I'm pretty good at saying no to just about anybody that asks me for money. You know, just because I, I typically never have any to give them, <laughs> right? If anything, I have a credit card. And I said, sorry, I don't have any cash. I appreciate it. And she, and she says, she says, now, come on. You know you, you could do something for me with your fine self. 
<laughs> I started to laugh. <laughs> and then my daughter, my other daughter was next to me, 16-year-old, and she said, she said, she didn't just say what you'll find, self. <laughs> and she thought that was really funny. So she comes around to her son. She says, is that your daughter? Oh, my God, she is beautiful. She said, man, with her fine self, I know one of y'all wants to buy some candy. So I didn't want to buy candy. She had just bought some candy. She was eating some peanut M&Ms. And, and I thought, man, I, I wish I had something to give her because she was very entertaining. She was a really sweet woman. And she's like, well, you know, you know how I do. My name is Carmen the Candy Lady, and I'd be up in here all the time. And she was apparently a street vendor that works the Penn Station area. And I, I just found it really charming. And I said, you know what? I got to share that with your fine self story on the show because A, it was funny. And B, big shout out to her. So she was like, I take pennies, nickels, dimes, quarters, you name it. And I did have a whole like cup holder filled with uh, coins. So I gave her a handful of coins. I felt kind of bad doing that, but she seemed to be really happy to get it. I guess she was having a slow day selling candy at Penn Station. But it reminded me of, of what's going on in America with just everything. You have some people that are being entrepreneurial, trying to make things better. And then you have other people like people that were standing right by this woman, Carmen, the candy lady, that were, you know, swaying from side to side because they were high as a kite. And it reminds me of how Biden has failed us in so many areas. Not only, you know, closing down the gas pipelines, but changing the gas pipelines for crack pipes and and other drug paraphernalia and then lying about it and saying it wasn't true. And the fact checkers saying that it wasn't true. And we did that on the last show where we know it was true. It's just you get in trouble for saying it's it's true if you don't say it comes with syringes as well and whatnot. And it wasn't the government giving them out directly. It was the government funding these kits through a grant and these local municipalities and nonprofit groups that were giving them out. So it wasn't, according to the fact checkers, it wasn't Biden's crack pipe, but it was. It makes me think when he says that he's going to tell Vladimir Putin who's boss and I'm going to show him and this, that, and the third, did he do that? Did he do that with absolutely anything? Was it ever real? Hmm. I don't know. Because Putin knows if I am president of the United States, his days of tyranny and trying to intimidate the United States and those in Eastern Europe are over. I'm going to stand up to him. He's a bully, just like the president. <laughs> He's talking about President Trump, of course. And that was a, an old video from his campaign days that obviously didn't age well. And speaking of didn't age well, I, I posted a bunch of anti-Putin things over the weekend. And man, the flack I got, people saying, oh, that didn't age well. And I'm thinking, what do you mean? Putin's still a D-bag. He's always been a D-bag. And again, I, I will remain on my anti-Putin bandwagon. I just don't want to make the whole show about that. But it's things like this where Biden says he's standing up to this and he's standing up to that and he doesn't do a damn thing, which explains why his poll numbers are looking terrible. I got an email here from John McLaughlin, a new poll that he's done. It says here the most recent national poll of a thousand likely voters was completed just at the cusp of Russia's invasion of the Ukraine. And while Biden was trying to rally the world to oppose the invasion, which he failed at. Normally at these times, you would have a higher approval rating. Putin, he comes in at what? 41%. Even Joe Biden's base is not rallying to him. President Biden has a high level of disapproval amongst 2020 Biden voters. Democrats, 19%, 22% for Biden voters, 37% African-Americans, and 55% for women. He's, he's doing best with Hispanics, 57%. Or actually, he's doing worst. That's 57% disapproval amongst Hispanics. And that's because they've seen, you know, they've seen that, you know what, you're not doing anything that's good for us. So we're going to go over with the Republicans because at least they're working on economic empowerment. And this whole thing, I'll, maybe I'll tweet this out so you could see it at Rich Valdez with an S on all the social media. And I'll put it on Truth Social, which is pretty cool. And uh, as that continues to develop, I'll bring you some info on that. But 
ultimately, this whole thing to me is a uh, indictment of Joe Biden because Joe Biden, borderless Joe Biden, is helping Putin facilitate the erasure of the Ukrainian border to hand it over to Russia while simultaneously, I should say simultaneously, (laughs) overseeing the devolution of America's southern border to narco terrorists. It's such a damn shame what we're seeing. And you can call them whatever you want, narco terrorists, globalists, NWO. They're not all one and the same. The border is out of control, not because Americans are so, so, so addicted to drugs and we have such a huge appetite for heroin. That's not the case. But it's because these people figured out, hey, we're going to sell this stuff and we'll figure out a way to sell it. And it's incredibly addictive. And they work with whoever they got to work with, the opioid people, the pharmaceutical people, the cartel people. Everybody's got a hand in this thing. Biden's not the only bad guy, but he's our bad guy here. Putin's not the only bad guy, but he's the bad guy there. Zelensky, this is a guy that came in as a reformer that replaced Poroshenko and those other guys that Biden was dealing with, the ones that Hunter Biden was cutting deals with, with the uh, Burisma. These aren't the same guys. That's like saying, you know, the Americans, they're corrupt there. No, it's Biden that's corrupt. It's the Democrats that are horrible. Am I saying every Republican is a walk in the park? No. And we just saw what happened with the one Republican in Florida who told the cop to go pound sand. This It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just that, that there's nuance. And when you're looking at an entire country, an entire people group, we can't just say, oh, Ukraine is so corrupt. Yeah, Ukraine has suffered from problems with corruption. And there was this reform candidate who came out of their version of Hollywood. Think of it as the Ukrainian Ronald Reagan. Now, I know you're thinking, don't call him the Ukrainian Ronald Reagan. I'm only saying that in so much as he was an actor and became a politician. Uh, Trump, for example, another good example of that. So is Zelensky either of those guys? No. But do these guys typically take the the airlift out of the country and abandon ship? Yes, they usually do. When the United States offers a lifeline, they take it. The United States offered a lifeline, uh, and he said, no, thank you. No lifeline for me. I'm staying here. I'm going down with the ship. I think there's a lot to be said for a guy that's willing to fight, pick up arms, and defend his country and his countrymen. That's not Vladimir Putin, who's fighting the globalists and the NWO. No, senor. He may be doing that, but that's not what he's doing in the Ukraine. That's not what he's doing when he's taking over Kiev. No, he's not going after bio labs, even if these labs existed which is questionable, but if they did, and they're some sort of nefarious enterprise, not just some sort of lab where research is done, but if that were in fact the case, fine, blow them up, move on. No need to go through this extent to the bombing of the kindergarten school and all that other stuff that's happening. There's no need, no need, and there's no need for Biden to be as feckless and as cowardly as he's been. Anyway, that's not really all I've got, but it's where I'm going to stop because this can't continue, right? I don't want the podcast to be over an hour long. Hasta la próxima, America. Until the next time, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. times like these, it's so important that we focus on the facts. I always tell you to focus on the facts. I think you hear that everywhere you go, and that's because facts are irrefutable. It's the bottom line. It's the real deal. And in times like this of uncertainty, we need to rely on the facts. I get my facts from JustFacts.com. That's F-A-C-T-S, JustFacts.com. Go to JustFacts.com and sign up for their newsletter, JustFacts.com forward slash rich. Just put my name in there and you'll get it for free. JustFacts.com slash Rich.